Hello and welcome to another episode of the Revolutionary Podcast. This is Pastor Tito Sotolongo, your podcast pastor, and I need to uh, ask for your forgiveness because, man, my podcasts are way behind, and obviously you, I'm pretty sure you can tell why, right? I'm pretty sure everybody's kind of behind, everyone's kind of thrown off with this whole COVID-19 and the craziness that is happening. I know no one's life is normal, but what's amazing is in this episode today, I'm not bringing, well, I, in fact, I did not bring the word. It was actually someone, a friend of mine that I've seen grow up in our church. And Emily Martinez is one that I'm going to bring on today during the podcast. So I, I, I want you guys to hear what she said. Because it was a word, it was a verse that was scheduled to be preached on this Sunday. Specifically on this specific Sunday. And it couldn't be any more perfect to what we're dealing with right now. So let's listen up. So I actually wanted to start today by reading um, a verse in Psalms 121, like Tito said. This is going to be our main verse for today. So it's Psalms 121, verse 1 says, I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this day, and we thank you for who you are. I pray right now that you may just... Fill each and every home, Lord God, that is watching you, that is hearing this message right now. And I pray that you fill the hearts, the minds, and that we may just be able to read your word and understand it fully, God. We give you all the thanks, all of the honor, all of the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Helpless. The word helpless is such a icky word that um, we tend not to really think about, or at least not want to think about. Personally, I don't think I can speak for everybody, at least listening, but I know I can speak for everybody in here, that we've all been in situations where we have felt helpless. Um, Personally speaking, I've been in way too many. But um, about three months after I started driving, I um, got pulled over for speeding. I was driving down Casey Road, it's by this area, and in the road there was a curve, so I really couldn't see what was in front of me. I was going about 13 miles over the speed limit, and um, there was a cop. As soon as I made the curve, I saw the cop just sitting there. He was waiting for me to, to, you know, to catch me, and um, my heart immediately dropped. There's nothing worse than seeing those um, lights in your rearview mirror. If you know what I mean, you know what I mean. But um, so my heart dropped. I'm obviously bawling, crying. I was so emotional. Um, you know, he, the cop could decide to give me a ticket. He could not. I didn't know. I felt so hopeless, helpless in that moment. At the end of the day, the cop, he decided not to give me the ticket, thank God. But um, there's a lot of situations in life that we just can't get away from. You know, situations like being diagnosed with a disease, like cancer, your parents going through a divorce, you know, you getting laid off from your job. You know, there's so many areas in your life that you just can't help. And, you know, situations that make you feel helpless. And that's why I'm here today to tell you that God knows how you're feeling. And he's here to help. So let's keep reading Psalms 121 to see how God helped this author and how he can help you. Psalms 121.1. I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. 
The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. If you guys notice in these um, verses, I decided to highlight the word keeper as we were reading it. And um, I mean, I could obviously tell you how many times, but it was a significant amount of times that the word keep showed up in this chapter. Six out of the eight verses, which, you know, it's a short chapter, but out of the eight verses in this chapter, the word keep is used six times, which you might read it and you might not think that's really significant because the word keep is such a common word that we use on a daily basis. But the more I read and the more I studied the scripture, I realized that the word keep had a lot of significance in this context. Um, when we think of the word keep, the definition just means to obtain possession of. So in the same way you obtain possession of, you know, your jewelry, you keep your jewelry safe, whatever it may be, you know, you guys know what the word keep means. It's a simple definition. But in this context, the word keep actually translated to a Hebrew word that is shamar. Now, shamar means to keep a close eye on, to provide, to sustain, to keep watch and ward, and to protect. When I was reading this, there were some versions, some translations of the Bible that used the word protect instead of the word keep. So I actually wanted to go back to the beginning of this um, chapter and reread it so that you guys can get a different perspective using the word protect in, in place of the word keep. So if we reread it, it says, I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He, who, he will not let your foot be moved. He who protects you will not slumber. Behold, he who protects Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your protector. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. If you guys can envision for a second a garden, I put a picture for you guys to see. But a garden is such a beautiful thing, you know, and many times we don't tend to think about how beautiful a garden is. But um, a garden doesn't just grow beautiful overnight. You know, a garden needs a keeper, somebody who's going to take care of it, somebody who's going to water it when needed, somebody who's going to give it its nutrients, somebody who's going to take all the nasty weeds out, somebody who's going to prune it when needed. The word prune is one of my favorite words. I didn't pruning. I didn't know what it meant until a few years back. And when I found out its definition, it was one of those wow moments for me. Um, the definition of pruning pretty much just means to like cut down all the unwanted or overgrown or maybe even dead parts of the plant that so that the plant can grow to be beautiful and, you know, produce whatever plants produce life, oxygen, whatever it may be. But um, so the plant can grow, you know, to be even bigger and more beautiful. And um, in the same way that the plant, that a garden needs that keeper, we're the same way. You know, we need somebody that's going to be, not somebody being God, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be taking care of us, giving us, you know, his living water. Somebody who's just going to be removing things from our life that maybe we don't want to be removing. Because a lot of times, you know, we may be so blinded by the fact that we don't realize that things are hurting us more than helping us. 
and you know we see how this garden perfectly illustrates this word shamar that um he uses in this in this chapter and um it's exactly what the author was going through throughout this you know showing how god's always with us in verse in verse three he says he will not let your foot be moved he who keeps you will not slumber showing that god's always going to be there you know god's always going to be protecting you um loving you and all that stuff so i'm actually going to like I said, today I'm going to be talking about three verses, three, um, sorry, not three verses, three points. And this first point that I just went over was protection. So, and we see that God is our protector through, you know, how he used this word keep, how he's always there. He's always watching over us, always protecting us. And this next point I want to talk about is perspective. Um, in this chapter, we see this author go through a change in perspective. Again, I'm saying author because it wasn't really apparent who the author was a lot of the psalms were written by david but it usually would say written by you know david a song by david but in this one we're not really sure so i'm just going to be calling him the author for the rest of the message but if we look back at um the verses you know we see this change in perspective that he goes through in the beginning he starts by talking about himself a place of selfishness to a place of selflessness He's worrying about himself, and then he goes to worrying about others. It starts off by saying, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Again, all, all about me. And then he makes this switch to start talking about, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And for the rest of this chapter, he goes on to be, he goes on talking, you know, in that context of you, no longer himself. Throughout my life, you know, I've gone through many hills and valley moments, moments of pain, moments of suffering, moments that I didn't understand, moments of helplessness, as we're talking about this morning. And I never really understood why it was I had to go through those hard moments in my life. You know, we never really liked to talk about it or even go through those but it wasn't until years later that I realized that it was because of those moments that I am who I am today you know and I'm able to be here with you guys today and I didn't realize it again as I said I didn't realize that back then but I've realized that now um I would have never imagined I would be here you know talking to you guys and it's really amazing just to see growth and not just in me but in others for those of you who guys who don't know, I play a small but big role, a small but big role in this church as a small group leader for the youth. Um, weekly, I get to just pour into, pour into girls that need it, you know, pour into girls that are going through those hills and valley moments themselves. And whether you believe it or not, you know, everything that you go through is to help somebody else. That's why it's so important that we share testimonies. That's why it's so important that we have this communion with other peoples. And I get to do that weekly it's one of the most rewarding things that I get to do as a small group leader is just be there for people and you know tell them that it's going to be okay and that they can get through it um and this is exactly what we see this author doing you know at the beginning he's talking he's going through this hurt because he says he's asking God where he's not asking even God he's just asking where does my help come from because he doesn't really know 
in this moment where his help comes from. But then he, he remembers that his help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Um, he later goes on to say, you know, again, he changes that perspective to you. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber or sleep. The only reason that he knows that the Lord is going to be there is because he has that relationship with him. He wouldn't be able to tell other people that, you know, the Lord is always going to be there. The Lord's always going to protect you if he didn't know, if he didn't experience that himself. You know, and it's through those experiences that we were able to share with others. You're not able to give something you don't have, you know. He's not able to show people that God's there if he doesn't really know that God's there, you know. And that was something that was really great that I found out through this version. Um, but just because he has this experience with God, just because he has this relationship with God where he knows God is there. It doesn't mean that he's not going through hard times. It doesn't mean he's not going through troubles. I mean, in the beginning, it's he's literally asking, you know, where does my help come from? He doesn't know. And God never says that it's going to be easy, quite the opposite. I wanted to read Romans 8, 18. Um, let me open up to that. Romans 8, 18 says... For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You know, that penalty of pain, of suffering was all taken on that cross when Jesus died for us. Like, we don't have to go through all of that pain, suffering. But, you know, the Bible still tells us that we're going to be going through trials. We're going to go through tribulations in our life. And that's only to bring us closer to this point of glory that God wants us to be at. Um, And it's because of those trials and those tribulations that we get to be at a place with God where we can be in glory. You know, where we can be in this glory that Jesus suffered for us so that we have this way to get there. Um, And he uses, God uses those moments, like I said, of pain for our future just like he did in the passage, you know, he's there, not only he's going through it himself, but he's also helping others. Um, And he shows how God's always there for him. During this sermon series, we have gone through three R's. For those of you who have been here for a few months, I think it's been about a month or so, we've learned um, in the series of Lent, these three R's that are remember, repent, and renew. And in this chapter, you know, he's going through through this process of Lent himself. In the beginning, you know, he he questions God, and then he goes through this remembrance of where his help comes from, and he realizes that his help comes from the Lord. And then once he remembers that where his help comes from, he um, he then is renewed by that and is able to, you know, bring others, encourage others, uplift others by, you know, showing them who God is and what God is doing for them. Something, um, so when we see the beginning of this, you know, and this, this next point that I was talking about was perseverance and how just because you're going through these problems doesn't mean that God's not there, you know, doesn't mean that God's not helping you. And it's just important that you get through these moments 
of pain, of suffering, of whatever it may be. But um, if we look up at, at, again, verse 1, like I said, it's one of the anchor verses that we've read. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. And in order to lift up your eyes to something, you have to be looking down. You know, you can't look up if you're not looking down. And, um, you know, and in order to look up to the hills, you've got to be in that valley moment, which is what we see that he's in. He's in this moment of just, of pain, of suffering, of wondering where, where he's going to get his help from. But he's in the valley, you know. And a lot of times, right now, you know, the United States is in this valley moment. The whole world is in this valley moment where we're looking up to, we have so much worry, so much fear, so much anxiety about what's happening right now that we don't realize we don't put our trust in God. And um, which is what is so important through this time is that we remember who God is and what he's told us, you know. Um, first Tim, Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And when you walk in this truth, when you remember who God is, you're able to go, yeah, you're going to have to go through these trials, but you're able to go through them more easily. You're able to go with them with God instead of by yourself. You don't have to go through all of that pain by yourself. You don't have to endure it. You know, problems aren't just going to go away in our lives. Problems don't just go away, unfortunately. But, you know, through our problems, it's important to remember that God's power is not bigger than our problems. And no matter what our problems are, we're going to get through it. And we're going to get through it bigger than what we even imagined. Like I said, God is using this moment right now to bring us to this new place. And maybe we don't know what that place is, but only God does. You know, we might be questioning why are all these things happening, but God knows what he's doing. Um, I wanted to share when I was about two weeks ago, when I was preparing for this message today, I was going through all this anxiety and worry and I was really freaking out to say the least. But um, I was just going through like I was rereading the message, you know, making sure I had it all good. And I realized I had nothing prepared. I had not even a thought about what I wanted to speak about. And I was, again, going through this worry in my life. And as I read the message, I realized how much that these verses were really speaking to me big time. But, um, you know, because I realized that I myself was going through this valley moment. And in this valley moment, my hill was, my obstacle that I had to overcome was this sermon, was this series, was this preaching, I mean. So, um, I was, again, I was so worried, and all I can think about when I was preparing, as God was revealing me, speaking me through his word, was that, was this song called Run to the Father. If you haven't heard it, I 100% encourage you to listen to it. But um, there's a specific part in the song that says, my heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, so I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. And um, again, when I was going... It's just one of those things that you never stop needing that love. You never stop needing God, you know, and it's so important that we remember it, that we don't just say it, that we don't just hear it, but we truly remember and believe that God's there for us. One of those um, just 
that part where it says again and again and again, it's because it's not just once when you're going to have to go through this moment of remembrance. You're not just going to have to remember God once. It's going to be constantly. You constantly have to remind yourself who God is. You constantly have to remind yourself that God's there for you um, and that he's, he's with you always, protecting you. Again, this shamar, this God is just always there protecting us, loving us, encouraging us. Um, and then also, I wanted to mention how, you know, those hills, when you're in the valley, those hills that you're looking up can mean two things. They can mean solutions or they can mean problems. What I mean by solutions is those hills that you run to can be people, you know, um, maybe for comfort, they can be relationships. It can be addiction, you know, it can be alcohol, um, drugs, whatever it is that you run to for your comfort in times of trouble, you know, those are your hills, those things that you are going to find refuge in. Actually, there was a verse that says, um, let me see if I can find it. I wrote it down. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. That's Psalms 46.1. And um, those mountains, those solutions can be the mountain. But when we're going through these valley moments, we have to remember that our only solution, you know, to get through these times is really in God. And then the mountains can also be problems. So your mountains can be um, like an obstacle that you have to overcome. And that's what this message was for me. It was an obstacle that I had to get through, an obstacle that I had to overcome to get to where I am today. Um, and that's what this world is going through right now. The, right now, our world is going through an, an obstacle like this virus that we're facing. And we're going through this um, problem of a mountain. And then one last thing I wanted to share was this Psalms 121 is a song of ascents. This is what I'm going to end with. But... um. A song of ascent is pretty much just how it sounds. Uh, to ascend means to go up. So a song of ascent, and like I said, this psalms is a song of ascent. So it's not something that you're going to be singing when you're already at the top, you know, or when you've already gone through your obstacles. A song of ascent is something that you sing through the moment, you know, on your way up. You know, going through that trouble, going through this trial. And right now, what we need to be doing is putting our trust through this moment of fear, of worry. We need to be putting our trust in God, knowing that he's, his hand is watching over all of this. The bottom line of the message was that my mountains cannot compare to my God. No matter how big... No matter who you run to, no matter what it is you have to go over, none of it can compare to who God is. So I just want to read Jude 24 and 25 for you guys. And it says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Man, right there. No mountain. No mountain can compare to my God. There is no solution out there. Even though there are great ones. I'm going to say that. I'm going to stop. There are great solutions out there. Things that we're trying to do right now to make a difference, which is great. But in and of itself, we cannot save ourselves. We need 
God as well. Because all of those solutions, let's be honest, every solution that we can run to, guess where uh, the source of all those solutions are, the materials and, and, and the ideas. It all comes from God. So in the end, we cannot forget our God. Whether, this, whether your mountain is a solution or whether your mountain is a problem. Listen, those mountains, the mountains of anxiety and isolation and fear and worry, none of those can compare to your God. And so just hold on to that right now as we're just in the, during this time encouraging each other, being with one another right now. You know, this is a crazy time, but at least we know that right now, it's like if, we're, if you're the psalmist and you were wondering a minute ago, where's, gonna my, where's my help coming from? Well, help is on the way and help is already here. And his name is Jesus. So guys, I want you to remember that. Let's keep praying for one another as we're going through this time. And remember, again, remember, okay, be a revolutionary. All right, be a revolutionary. And that's how, when what we do that by revolving your entire life, your emotion, your mind, your thoughts on Christ. And the more you do that, the more you, the more you will shine a light in the darkness as he does a work in you and through you. All right, so let's pick this back up next week in our next episode, and I'll see you again. God bless y'all.